Hello and welcome to the Elder Tree podcast. My name is Twiggy Dawn. I'm the founder of the Elder Tree and Alcamilla Herbals, and I reside on Jitterbol land here in far north Queensland. You are listening to the Herbal Education segment, where each new moon I invite a myriad of plant wisdom keepers to chat about the world of herbal education, about their passions and motivations, and their dreams for the future of herbal medicine education in Australia. This podcast is brought to you by the Elder Tree, a non-for-profit organisation whose mission is putting the medicine in the hands of the people. One of the ways that we are doing this is through this podcast. If you would like to go deeper with the podcast journey while supporting the Elder Tree for as little as $2 per week, then you can become a member of our Patreon. Thanks to all of the people and plants who have helped to make this podcast possible. In today's interview, I speak with Lily Argren, a herbalist, permaculturalist, and Zentai Shiatsu practitioner on Wurundjeri country in Warrandyte, Victoria. Lily is a clinically trained herbalist with hands-on learning from herbal farms in Australia, such as Gould's Farm in Tasmania and Southern Light Herbs in Victoria, where she learnt herb growing and harvesting knowledge. I first met Lily a few years ago in a little teepee at a festival where she was running an inspirational herbal workshop. My next interaction with her was finding her podcast called Lily of the Herbs Talks, which is the first herbal medicine podcast in Australia. And right now you're listening to the second one. I highly recommend listening to her podcast and I will put a link in the show notes. Lily is coming to the end of her recent four-month course, The Way of the Herbalist. And she shares about the strong elemental wisdom within the course, having the experience of passing the baton and training her students to become teachers. She shares her journey of being in Thailand and Bali recently and learning from tropical herbal medicine teachers there, connecting with the herbal medicine wisdom which runs through the veins of those countries. I won't give too many teasers about this interview. It was a really wonderful and activating, explorative conversation and I'm sure that you'll love it. Hi, Lily. Thank you so much for joining me here today on the Elder Tree podcast. How are you doing? Hi, Twiggy. I'm really good. It's beautiful to be on such a special, special podcast with you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, it's really great to have you here. Uh, I was just reminiscing with you um, about when when I first I first came across your podcast, which to date, I think, is the first herbal medicine podcast in Australia. And I was starting the Elder Tree podcast and I contacted you and said, you know, help, like, what's some tips? I don't know what I'm doing. And you gave me some really good technological pointers that really, like, helped me helped me with the, the journey of starting this podcast. So, uh, yeah, thanks for the inspiration from your podcast and thanks for your help there. And, um, yeah, it's really nice to, to get to finally have you on the show now. Oh yeah, thanks Twiggy. And when Twiggy says I I like helped you with some technological thing, I was kind of just like, yeah, do whatever. Sometimes I record it on my phone in the park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh well, as um as we would both know, this is kind of take three, I think, or is it take four? I don't know, on our um on our uh, interview and so the last few times that we tried you were in Thailand and we had some tech difficulties 
uh, but you were on a pretty incredible mission over there. And do you feel like sharing with the listeners a bit about your journey in Thailand? Yeah, I've just had a, a bit of a break, a couple of months break over in Thailand and then Bali, which was a much needed, a much needed rest. And the intention really was to rest, but as many of you might relate to, like going over there, I felt I had this real um, desire to to delve into the, the the herbal medicine that runs through the veins of Thailand and connect with people and plants there. Um, I think it's my way of, I guess, connecting with the country. And I was fortunate enough to meet with a beautiful herbalist and midwife who'd been practicing for 30 years and to receive from her and learn about her practice. You know, Thailand, you know, they were all joined back in the day. And Thailand has some really interesting um, philosophies with its medicine that's kind of connected to Chinese medicine, these different Um, They believe in all these different realms, like the spirit realm of the plant, the physical matter realm of the plant and medicine and all of these different journeys and spheres. And their their actual, their theory of medicine is quite complex and some of that is lost. Um, But it's very sophisticated and their practices of steaming and poulticing, compressing are really, really sophisticated. So it was cool to be... Uh, my eyes to be open to that it's a bit different to how we practice in the west often with um you know more tinctures and teas yeah Mm -hmm. they're probably working with a lot more fresh fresh herbal medicine than the average herbalist in australia is that right yeah definitely and so much fragrant warming stimulating herbs like the just you know all the galangals and gingers and turmerics you know that they have there and the lemongrasses that just in kaffir lime all of these herbs that yeah unless you're in the tropics like you know you're up <laughs> north twiggy so you have that me down all, all of them are in my garden <laughs> yeah exactly you've got all of that um for me I'm like it's like I can't grow this unless I get a greenhouse but um I just even like one time I was in Bali hanging out this herbal I don't know if you know Nadi Herbal and I was making some um mm-hmm. things with them there and we were making a herbal oil and she just had all this fresh lang lang and ylang ylang and frangipani and she wanted to make an oil with it and the pandan uh, the green pandan and then she we just chopped it all up and boiled it fresh in like coconut oil and I would never like put them straight, like oil straight on the stove. We just boiled it up and then it was the most incredible fragrant oil. It still smells incredible. It's just nice doing things like that. Mm. Yeah, I went to Nadi's Herbal in Ubud in Bali. Is that That's where you're talking about, right? Yeah, I went there and learned yeah. a bit about making fresh medicine, like, um, you know, kind of beauty therapy, but you're getting all those herbs through the skin. So it's just kind of like an external way to get you know get it all in through the pores um but yeah I went there and loved how they just walked around the garden and were just freshly picking everything ready to to make the medicine and it was very very inspirational mm, yeah it just feels like so second nature for everyone there like yeah yeah just pick this like blah, blah, blah. everyone's doing it um yeah I had this moment where I wanted aloe vera for my partner and I went I was staying in a homestay and this I was just asking if he had any aloe vera and I was like, I did see some, can I pick it? And he was like, oh, no, no, I'll, I'll pick it for you. It's like a young 17-year-old boy. And he was like, yes, this is our family aloe vera plant. We like to harvest the leaf here and like sliced it for me and like, you know, cutting it. I'm like, that's so cute. You know what aloe vera is and exactly how to slice it and you're a 17-year-old guy. Like, <laughs> Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's amazing when the like when the line's not lost, you know, so much of us in the modern world are having to like kind of 
re-remember or pick up threads or learn through books or you know but it's wonderful to get to be in places where they haven't forgotten or had it taken away or lost or you know things like that they've got that yeah, unbroken chain of um you know herbal knowledge it's pretty incredible to be around mm, yeah it, it does feel special to have that to have that to be around people who have that running through their veins just the relaxed attitude I also feel was a good thing for me you know like I practice in a clinic and have people coming for sessions and you know there's often this like professionality that I need and the room has to be just so and this kind of separation between it you know when I'm working with was working with this midwife you know I'm over there like receiving a four-hour session from her in the like on the floor in the, in the room that's also their kitchen she's like on the phone sometimes and then like arguing with her daughter and you know just like um yeah I just I just really liked how it's you know people sitting on the floor still and just preparing food it just feels like we we just had to make everything so grown up and boring Mm. yeah it's just real life it's just part of life family family and healing and everything's all just intertwined and it's not separated yeah that's really beautiful yeah, thanks for sharing about that journey. You know, there's always that ongoing learning that, you know, you're going to Bali and going to Thailand and learning new tricks and learning new ways of, of doing things. Um, but I'm curious to know a bit further going back, like what your journey has been like as a student. Uh, I believe you've been to Goulds and um, and you've had a few different influences along your herbal journey of, um, yeah, learning herbal medicine as a student. I'd love to hear a bit about that if you feel to share. Yeah, well, Gould's was a bit of a pilgrimage for me, um, Gould's Farm in Tasmania. I, I knew about them for a long time and felt this real, you know, I was studying herbal medicine at the time and I just, you know, we hadn't seen a real plant and I felt this real, um, I was like, I need to make this happen. Like I need to apprentice with someone. And I wrote this really crafted email and asked if I could go and volunteer for a couple of days. And just the farm there is incredible. Like it's really hard to find. You've got to strive up this really steep mountain mountain hill my car could barely get up it and there's all these albino um wallabies around like very magical yeah and and greg the guy who um who started the farm he's just such a legend you know he started the farm he's been working there for like 30 years wrote his book herbal harvest and he was there and it was all very kooky and inspired by steiner all of the ways the drying sheds and with the biodynamics and you know the sickles to, to harvest and you know the sheets we'd tie them in the squares and carry them on our back there was the, and re, the reaping hook to harvest the the wild oats and the peppermint like you know everything's done with its perfect tool and its perfect place and yeah it was very magical to be able to be there and I spent a couple of days and had a real affinity with Greg and it was so nice he was like as I was about to leave he was like you know what I'd like to offer you a job here um because I can see you have a real love for plants and so I spent yeah longer just I just ended up living there for a bit and working with him just so lucky to have had days out there and just you know we'd be harvesting echinacea for three hours and he'd say like you know, get me to try every different variety and be like, try the leaf here and try the tints here and try that. And then he'd take me into the, the tincture room and be like, and now try them all as one tincture, all six varieties made in six different ways, all together as one. And I'd be like pinging, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had some very, very strong, I guess, plant uh, plant experiences there because I feel like the vibration is really high there on that land. Mm. 
yeah, the, the temperate climate herbs just thrive down, down there. Um, there's something really special about that land. Yeah, I love that you talked about uh, Greg. He's on. He's the one person on my bucket list, <clears throat> my bucket list in Australia, and I love his book, Herbal Harvest, and I'm going to get to meet him early next year. I'm going down to Tasmania. I'm super excited about that. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, so any, so what else um, can you share with us about your journey of learning herbs, the, the good, the bad, the anything? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think... Yeah, I think for me it was always just a love of plants. My first job was at the native plant nursery in the Air and Boomerang uh, country in Port, around Port Phillip Bay, Melbourne region. Um, There's this little native plant nursery co-op, used to be called Skink, St Kilda Nursery, Indigenous Nursery Cooperative. And I started off again volunteering there. That was how a lot of my learning happened. You know, I'd done a lot of woofing, like on organic farms, working on organic farms. Um, and so I yeah started I just really I just wanted to be in service and that was my learning a lot of it was volunteering and so I was volunteering at this native plant nursery for a while and the guy who owned it Dave he was really um yeah he wanted to really support me so he gave me a job um kind of managing the volunteers and propagating plants a couple of days a week which I was really young I was like 20 you know and I'm managing these groups of 20 volunteers that would come in from the corporate banks to do their hours of community service um, teaching them about how to propagate the seeds and prick out grasses and things like that. Um, so that was a really, and I was, it was a bit, it was, felt like I was in the deep end, you know, they had a, a native, native plant nursery and people come in and be like, what's this species? Like, I want this, na 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 na, you know, using botanical names and getting all hoity toity. But it was like a really fast learning curve, I think, for me around plant identification and botanical um, taxonomy and all of these different things in plant propagation and it gave me a real kind of a sense of just a kind of comfort I guess around working with plants and understanding their life cycles and how to be how to be with them and I feel really really grateful for that basis because then when I was going and volunteering on farms and working on different farms like I think I felt this kind of confidence you know to to get in there um, and that's really the basis of my herbalism journey because I think so often people come from it without that background you know it's got to come from the earth my, I think it's got to you've got to feel a, a, a sense of familiarity with the plant's life cycle and journey and being in that from seed to to fruit and I think so many people, you know, can it's, you can wherever you jump in is fine, but it's really great to know like, oh, wow, the flower of a plant is going to turn into the fruit or the seed, you know, and this is when the seed's ready to be harvested. Um, and that, that really helps and informs the journey. So getting hands on, like just volunteering, like if you're a, a nursery around or a farm around, just asking if they need some help weeding, you know, and you will learn so, 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 so much, you know, or even someone who has an incredible garden, making friends with them and saying, like, do you mind if I spend some time? You know, there was a beautiful herbalist in Dalesford um, and she, herbalist midwife, and I met her at a festival, um, was really liked her work, this is many, many years ago, and then reached out to her. And so, yeah, I was going to her place and weeding for her and then she'd give me herbs and cuttings in exchange and we'd talk about how she was using them in her practices. So I just, I was frothing on stuff like that and I feel so much love for the younger me that had a lot of energy. A lot of my energy these days goes into, I guess, the, my clients and supporting them and I forget that I 
sometimes it's really good for me to just come back to that where I came from, which was really just just working with the plants themselves and that deep love and passion and curiosity for any form of knowledge, any book. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's just um, that's really good advice as well that you're giving to our listeners and anyone out there. To, it's a great place to start with, like with herbalism and journeying with plants. Is just um, you know, offering your time to people that inspire you. And yeah, that's um, yeah, that's how I kind of started on my journey too. So yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, it's kind of the old way. I think if you've, as a course or someone who inspires you, definitely do that. You know, if it's a degree or whatever, you know, that's a great framework. But I really think that, you know, you've got to also just follow the curiosity. Like the journey of herbalism is a mystery in a way. There is a sense of following this this path. What do you call it? The hero's journey or, or whichever. Like there's this path of like being led and, um, you know, I used to spend hours poring over, you know, the, the wolf book, you know, each year they release a book of where you can go wolfing. Uh, they uh, do it in Australia. Yeah, the Willing Worker on Organic Farm. And I used to just yeah. trail and each person has like a tiny paragraph. They're like, hi, my name's Sue and I've got a 20 acre property with some hawthorn trees and I need help. Like, you know, like, I don't know, accommodation like this. And I just trawl through that and just, you know, see who I felt. I resonated with and send them a message and see what came from it you know hmm. yeah you have quite a connection with the Hawthorne don't you yes I do have a connection with Hawthorne um for the last year and a half I was living in Warrandyte on the, the Yarra the Birrurung River um in Victoria and on the street that I lived in there was a it was actually next to a cemetery we had a beautiful little home clinic there, my partner and I, and all along the street was Hawthorne. And it's it was a beautiful street with a lot of gum trees and Hawthorne and sort of semi-suburban but with bushland around. And, yeah, it was interesting. Like I'd take out my groups when I was running workshops just down in the street, you know, and be harvesting Hawthorne, this kind of borderland, you know, that grows on the hedgerows and it's this kind of border protective plant. It would grow kind of all along the cemetery, which is interesting. Um, and I felt like that was kind of like guarding the spirits. And even people talk about Hawthorne in the smell. I don't know if any of you listeners have smelt the blossom, but it's a really interesting smell. It's these beautiful, white, delicate flowers. And you expect, you know, to smell it and be like, oh, wow. But it's actually a very distinct, like people have described it as like semen smelling or like death <laughs> or decay, like it's a yeasty fishy odour um, that you don't really expect from such a delicate bloom and I've heard that likened to I guess the um, like its closeness to death you know there's this that the decay there's almost like life in the decay I don't know I'm, I'm rambling but um, <laughs> yeah. Hawthorne is an interesting plant with its thorns and it's very yeah it's it's, it's a it's a powerful teacher it's interesting how many heart medicine plants have thorns. I've like observed that, like uh, particularly with the rose. Um, yeah, there's. Um, I can't remember any other examples right now, but I remember reflecting on that a while ago about the amount of heart medicine um, plants that have thorns on them, and just kind of pondering, pondering on that and what that could could signify. <laughs> Mm, yeah no you're, it's, it's you're right it is and I find hawthorn and rose go really well together I guess mm. yeah yeah I guess like 
yeah, it's what it's thinking of, you know, the protection, you know, we can have these vulnerable, so like in the flowers, you know, they're so vulnerable and soft. And then they both have berries, which are really high in antioxidants and provide a lot of um, nutrients and richness for us. But then there's this kind of like, yeah, but it's not all, it's not all just like juicy and <laughs> pretty, is it? It's like there's a, yeah, it's, it's can fight, it can defend itself. I like that. Mm-hmm. fierce and protective at the same time as, as loving and gentle and delicate mm-hmm. yeah. yeah beautiful so can you share with us a bit about your journey to become an educator then like what what were some of your uh, motivations inspirations uh, what made you decide to become um, a teacher of herbal medicine yeah so I guess it wasn't really uh, a thought out thing it was never like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna teach herbalism as you know as I shared before that job my first job when I was 20 um was you know around facilitating workshops and they they saw that I kind of had a knack for facilitating and so he kind of created a new role where he was like just come up with workshops um and put them out there like any workshop any facilitator you want to come on here get them on here and that's part of your job so I started being workshop coordinator and after a while I was kind of like, oh, I could just book myself because um, I've got a lot to teach here too. And and then, I, and then yeah, I'm, I'm a travelling, a bit of a travelling um, traveling herbalist and I think there was a lot of journeys on in between there and, and it just kind of naturally occurred. I spent a lot of time working with some friends. They started a natural building cooperative. I don't know if anyone's heard of Agari. It was called Agari Farm. Mm-hmm. yeah you've, you've heard of them mm-hmm. yeah so that was a group of my mates and they were they were running these builds so they were getting people were coming along um to these builds and where someone would say like hi I've got a property and I want a straw bale house can you guys build it so then people would pay to come and live there and build these people learn how to build a straw bale house while building someone a house and I got really involved with this group and I, I did a, a, a few builds with them and then they built me a tiny house. And in that, there was just this, um, just we'd, we'd, it was such a creative time, I think, for me. Like it was just living so connected to the earth, natural building. We'd be farming and growing things at the same time and it just sharing our knowledge just with each other, doing skill shares. Um, and so I think from that, you know, at, at the same time, I was, had been doing a lot of this volunteering work and I think there's just started to become this natural desire to share, to share what I've learned, that open creativity. You know, I think if you're around people who are encouraging you to share and, and sort of saying like, get out there, you know, like we want to learn from you, cheering each other on, then it, you can really get into that mode of being. So I think I attribute a lot of my um where I am today is just the people that inspired me and I was so inspired by the people that were running the the workshops you know seeing them standing up there being like oh you're only a few years older than me and you're running this like oh my god do this you know and then I'd just be sort of you know at the local farm or whatever being like I'm going to put on a workshop here and um it's just progressed from from there and you know I think we talked a little bit like I just sort of run a medicine making day and it's just grown from that you know it's like oh why do one day let's do four why do you know and there's so much more to teach oh my god I can't even fit into four days let's do four months like um recognizing as well the like that I've got about over a decade of knowledge to share now um 
yeah it's it's got this um yeah there's a I think it just it just happened naturally like it just unfolded so I think there's a path of least resistance there I think you know so many of us are teachers some of us some of us maybe aren't you know and that's this is where I'm sort of working I've been finishing this container of a four-month herbalism journey with um 16 16 women actually and now I'm sort of mentoring them around the process of like where do you want to take this like we've just opened up a thousand doors we've made so many different kinds of medicines we've understand constitution dosing um kind of like working and working out you know, diag not diagnosing, but um, understanding patterns within the body. Where do you really take this? And some of them are feeling like, oh, you know, I'm feeling a real affinity for essences. I'm going to run with that and start a product line. And then other people are like, oh, I already have a coaching and massage business. I'm just going to incorporate herbal oils and maybe recommend teas to people. And so me just kind of like encouraging and that. And then other people are like, oh, I already run facilitate circles and trainings. I'd like to bring in like a medicine into that. And I think it's about listening to where your unique skills are as well and, and playing off that um, as, as a way of offering because once you start practising herbalism, you want to you share it. So it's sort of about mm. finding what comes naturally. Yeah. Well, beautiful. Yeah, I always say that with knowledge comes responsibility and I think that once we know a certain amount about something, then we have like a duty to share that especially if if that knowledge is something that could enrich other people's lives and have a really positive, you know, ripple effect. And, um, yeah, it's really valuable. So, yeah, thanks for thanks for offering your skills and your experience and wisdom to the world. And, yeah, it's uh, been cheer cheering you on from afar. The, the, um, that that four-month herbalism um, course, The Way of the Herbalist, is that's what it's called, right? The Way of the Herbalist? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that looked absolutely yeah. incredible. To, um, there's no online offerings that I've seen like that in Australia so uh, or at all. So, yeah, that's, um, that's beautiful. That's, can you tell us a bit about that journey this past four months and what that course is? Yeah, so it's interesting because I get a lot of people contacting me and, you know, they go, I'm wondering if I should do the degree because right now in Australia you can do the degree, I think, at two places, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's um, Endeavour College or Torrance University. Um, the degree in naturopathy or, or herbal medicine? Herbalism. Um, just Torrens now. Oh, really? Wow. Okay, degree, just yeah. Torrens. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's one degree of herbalism in Australia and uh, we've both done that degree, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we both did it. We both slogged through it. And I think it's just depending on where you're wanting to go with the degree, it's a bit, um, you know, it, it, there's actually no mandatory law that says that to practice as a herbalist or a naturopath in Australia that you need a degree. There, It's not government regulated. So there's a body called APRA, um, Australian Practitioner Association something, uh, and they kind of govern chiropractors and acupuncturists and nutritionists and physiotherapists and there's a few other things. And so you actually need a degree to practice as one of those um, things and you, there's some steps that you need to go through to become registered. Whereas a herbalist and a naturopath, you know, there's a bit of... Um, kind of controversy around it some naturopaths and herbalists are like well we did that bloody four or five year degree like 
you know, you can't call yourself a bloody herbalist because you didn't do it. <laughs> so they want to be governed by it. And then there's other herbalists and naturopaths who are saying like, well, actually, the degree isn't really well rounded enough and we want to learn in other ways and still practice. So uh, and I'm kind of on that train of thought. You know, I think there is a long um, mentorship and um, journey that needs to go down to really properly assist people with certain health conditions. That, um, and, that you know, if you're not ready for that, they need to be referred on. But I do think that the practice of herbalism and creating medicine and sharing grassroots herbalism is something that if that's where your passion lies and your passion lies with the plants, um, and not so much in that clinical one-to-one -one environment, then I don't know if the degree is necessarily um, for everyone because it can be soul-crushing. Uh, and it's a lot of assignment running. It's hours and hours and hours trying to get the right referencing and whatever. We both did that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally relate to everything so, you're saying. <laughs> yeah it's difficult and like there's magic in it there's beauty in it you know it's something it's medicine there too for us but it's it's about weighing up whether that's a thing and you know it's also it was like a sixty thousand dollar hex debt for me um which is something that I'm I'm still paying off or starting to pay off and I think that's a real consideration you know and this whereas so I wanted basically I wanted to just kind of put together a course that was all that I've learned over um, my life, my learning, lifetime of learning, and all the aspects that I felt that were missing, you know, the energetics, the the discussion around individual constitution, you know, from the degree, it's kind of rope learning, like here's 12 herbs, memorize them, this is the action. So a nervine, oh, you've got stress, I'll give you this nervine. Whereas my approach was coming from more of an elemental lens, which is what is used more traditionally in, in medicine, this like traditional Western herbal medicine, even Ayurveda or Chinese medicine, is this perception of the elements that we're all made up of, and I'm using the terms of air, fire, earth and water, and that when we start to see those lenses within us, you know, each, some people have maybe more of an excess of fire happening and, you know, there's heat manifesting in the body, rashes or something, you know, it's very broad right now. But then we can see, we can learn to work with corresponding herbs that might be, um, soothing or more water watery in their nature and start to tune and use that elemental lens to really be nuancing and understanding I guess the personality of plants and people because we're all a combination of all of the elements and we change depending on the seasons time of day life cycle um, where we live and and then so these plants can be can be balancing for us you know what St John's what might be helpful for me when I'm suffering from a bout of depression, but it might not be helpful for you at that time, you know. So it's kind of like, yeah, understanding and going deeper into the into the web and the wave of herbalism um, and just really practical medicine making. I think that was my other desire was that we, you know, that these my students would make a different medicine for 16 weeks. And so, you know, we made a different medicine and would share and learn and talk about it throughout the week and yeah, just keep the practice alive and embodied. Beautiful. Well, um, and are you you're rolling that course out again next year? Are you doing it again? Is that a yes? I'm I'm doing it again. It'll be late Jan um, that we're beginning, and yeah, it's and then I'm wanting to actually start this kind of mentoring program, um, which I might be pushing back a little bit further into the year. And I guess it's just been me doing all of this. You know, I I 
get other guest facilitators. I actually got Jackie Bushall, who you interviewed, mm. and I actually listened to her on a podcast with you, your podcast with her, which was great, by the way. And um, and remembered that I'd been to one of her talks years ago at a wise women's gathering, and I was like, oh, I forgot about Jackie. You know, she's been this amazing herbalist in Australia for like thirty more forty years or whatever. And so I reached out to her and I was like, Jackie, I want you on the, um, I want you on there talking about flower essences to my students. And I got so many different people to come in and talk and inspire. Um, anyway, so it's it is just me, but it's me just running my business like you. I mean, it's a big thing running a business by yourself, isn't it? It's not just <laughs> out frolicking in the garden a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> It's going square-eyed and, you know, having to deal with all kinds of, you know, things that, that aren't even plant-related. <laughs> exactly, yeah, just like applying to payment plans or whatever or doing your tax, I don't know, whatever we do. We're just seeing so many messages, um, which is I love that side of things. I really I actually love business as well. I found a bit of a passion. I think I like being an entrepreneur. I get really I froth on that a little bit too. Um <laughs> <laughs> but anyway I'm always having ideas for expansion and I, I just felt like oh my god I really want because I've designed these medicine making days that I've been running in Victoria and they were like an elemental medicine making day where you make four medicines each person makes four medicines throughout the day for each one of the each elements like we make mm. um, incense for fire and make, uh, sorry for air and we make tinctures for fire and balms for earth and I really was enjoying running them and I'm like, I want to facilitate my my students to then take on and run these elemental medicine making workshops for me uh, and then come in and teach on my trainings and my four-day trainings and then run my four-day trainings for me and then be a part of the lily of the herbs that needs a name to encompass all of it. So there's this idea of kind of like passing on the baton in a way, um, yeah, and mentoring people into that space if they feel called. So mm -hmm. that's where... The the journey's going next. And I love you. You're doing that on the elder tree, aren't you? You've got this kind of, are you planning on buying land or starting a farm or what's yeah. happening? Yeah, yeah. So we're um, going to um, have land to have a sanctuary on where we'll have a, <clears throat> well, basically uh, a little bit similar to Gould's, we'll be offering internships for, um, you know, graduated university or well, during, during their studies or post-studies for naturopath and um, herbalism students. So there'll be that kind of, you know, growing and harvesting, making the medicine, but then applying that to, you know, to the practice, coming into being a practitioner. Um, so, yeah, there'll be the clinic. Uh, there'll, it's kind of like the whole idea of it is education and healing is interconnected and that people will come for education and be healed through that process and people will come for healing and be educated in that process of how to, you know, how to take care of themselves. So uh yeah it's yeah it's a really big thing but when we're once we're up and running which is yeah not sure when that will happen there's been like a million little steps and pieces of the puzzle that need to kind of fall into place before that point um but once we do once we're all up and running we'd love to have you come up and and bring your wisdom and magic up here and um 
yeah and also get to enjoy the gal and gal and the kefir and the lemongrass yeah. the ginger and the turmeric yeah. oh I love I love what you're creating I think that that is what Australia is craving for calling out for just like waiting for it to happen so yeah definitely really excited to support you guys on that journey and I think it's amazing mm. love to come and visit and we can do some steaming the um, steaming yeah. with all of it yeah that'd be great yeah and I I really love what you were saying before around um you know in Australia kind of this idea of what a herbalist is you know legally and also just in the public and I really feel like there's this whole um whole new language that needs to come around the titles of herbalism it's something that I talk about a lot in my presentations and workshops and things about you know um yeah, reclaim, claim, you know, teaching people and saying you're a herbalist. It's okay to take that on and call yourself a home herbalist or a folk herbalist or a, you know, whatever, a grassroots herbalist, a community herbalist, like whatever. There can be so many, you know, you're a herbalist, herb grower and medicine maker or whatever, you know, like being able to kind of claim that, claim that identity. Um, and, you know, also then think that there needs to be a new, language which is not even new it's quite common in the states um in america and in europe but having like clinical herbalists and medical herbalists and and having more um i suppose titles for the people that have completed degrees or even diplomas or have done more structured more clinical based um education and can offer a much more um scientific background and and depth of understanding around anatomy physiology and chemistry and the whole you know to really like honor that and give that its own title and but to just open up the full spectrum of um the, all the different shades of, of herbalism I just think that it's you know Australia has been so stifled for so long with this really restrictive singular word of like you're a herbalist or you're a naturopath which is kind of a herbalist and a nutritionist and I don't know there's just this really stuffy boxes that are just really not are not enough to you know for all the shades so yeah I love that you brought that up something that I'm quite no you've voiced something that I've I've been feeling I really feel that I think that that's um so right we definitely need more yeah more nuance around the terminology and, and just yeah celebration of different people's areas that they feel they feel really called to as well like yeah I think the degree does give you a bit of a, an understanding about reading test results and working in tandem with um GPs and and that kind of thing and I think that that yeah an understanding a really in-depth understanding of interactions and contraindications and that that does need to be recognized if and that sort of and that will resonate for certain PCL and for other people that won't be the healing that they need you know they're mm-hmm. they're their their path is on a different level and I think that when you're yeah when you can as, as a practitioner I think a lot of people are sort of saying you know well how can I you know how do I attract the clients that I need you know if you're you are out there and I think this is a big thing like even for people who've done the degree it's like so many people do the degree and then they're like oh well where are the clients you know like there's that's not the support isn't really there for I think people graduating it's kind of like all this time running all these assignments doing all this work and then the real work begins when you actually get out there um and so just, I guess, support, like building awareness, we need to build awareness of like, what is herbalism? You know, how can it support people so that people are seeking out a herbalist um, and that people are being drawn to, 
those practitioners that might be resonant for them as well and their particular path or journey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Well, it's coming, it's changing. It's a conversation that's happening with lots of people right now. So we're kind of in the midst of a shift in the, you know, the the world of herbalism in Australia. I feel like there's a really massive change that's afoot. Um, <clears throat> yeah. yeah, it's great to great to know there's other people like you in other places in Australia that are feeling and thinking along the same lines and um, yeah, I'm excited for what's ahead. <laughs> Um, yeah, maybe yeah. It would be a degree. I'd love to see a new degree, not just Torrens, because I feel like Torrens has lost a lot of what it was. You know, it was Southern School of Natural Therapies that got bought by Torrens University and it's changed the curriculum and <clears throat> I think a lot has been lost within that. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Yeah, that whole journey with the um yeah with that it's all kind of come down to there were all these schools you know originally I was enrolled in a school in southern WA and then they shut down it's like okay and then I enrolled in another uni in southern WA and three years into my degree they shut down overnight and so then I was like okay so I enrolled in SSNT uh, meanwhile I got put back to being a first year student anyway I'm not going to give the full ins and outs of this terrible journey but um, rolled in SSNT and then watching all of the universities amalgamating, like Torrens buying them all out and coming under this one thing. And it was, um, yeah, it's been really interesting to observe that whole thing of what's going on because, um, yeah, and then watching all of the lecturers that have just been dropping out, a lot of them more plant-oriented, grassroots kind of um, lecturers just being like, oh, I don't know, this is all taking a really different direction to what, you know, to what I want to be a part of. So, but it's all kind of really just gearing to this really clinical, scientific uh, realm, which is beautiful. Like, I think that there's a place for that as long as there's all these other um, education spaces. And so, you know, what's been missing in Australia has been other courses. So, you know, you might have your, 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 village herbalist or your local regional herbalist um there's been there's so many of them like you know all the people i've been interviewed on this um podcast including yourself that within their communities they're offering amazing things and keeping the flame alive and and offering all these other perspectives and ways with herbalism but what's been missing until very recently is actual some structured online education spaces so you know, what's emerging is like Heidi Marika and you and Stephanie Hazel and um, soon myself, I'm going to start my first online course next year, um, you know, and then and then having the online and face-to-face -face, like what you're doing with the, you know, art of herbalism, that blended kind of experience there is just making it more accessible, having a structured journey over time so people can have a deeper journey than just one workshop or just one weekend intensive or whatever people can actually have like a, a guided journey deepening into herbal medicine with that opportunity to have the face-to-face -face element as well if that's available mm. but yeah so I feel like this is yeah what's what's going to start coming now is more and more of that like deeper longer courses becoming available for people so um yeah, and then that'll be fine that the universities are like so focused on that that one pathway because we'll have all these other pathways to complement that. And um, yeah, maybe they'll come knocking on our door and be like, 
What's going on, you guys? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I really hope with the elder tree to be working with Torrens mm. and, you know, and with um, mm. Nature Care College and Switch On Health mm. and the colleges that are offering, you know, because there is still the advanced diploma, um, you know, yeah. the couple of those other colleges. So I yeah, really hope to work with those colleges and not, you know, and, and kind of work together so that <clears throat> they their students, we can work within within there and kind of <laughs> infiltrate, for want of a better word, you know, bring in, bring back in that grassroots embodied, tactile, sensory connected element of herbalism into that space and have, you know, encourage universities to have um, field days or have, you know, like parts within the curriculum where they actually take the students to visit people like you that are closer to a city or, you know, to visit um you know herbalists that are um teaching that like on the land with the seed flower fruit like the leaf the whole mm. you know actual experience of herbalism so yeah that's um that's 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 my kind of idea as well with the elder tree that we can kind of bring it back in you know let them have the that really clinical singular pathway but then still bring bring in this this um yeah connected elemental level of herbalism back in yeah it's a beautiful it's a beautiful vision I'm, I'm excited for it to come to fruition I think it's yeah it's just waiting for it I mean it did used to happen a bit I worked for Southern Light Herbs for a little bit of time and they, they were saying like yeah Southern School used to come out for here come out and do um field days here and yeah that then they kind of yeah that that dropped off because they had to move their farm out but we need more farmers so if it's and it's such yeah. tough work I think farming herbs so if you're getting students to do a lot of that work um yeah. do the work the joy the beautiful <laughs> the beautiful work um that can make it more sustainable because a lot of people aren't we we have a shortage of herb growers in australia because herb you know farmers organic farmers aren't really paid what they're worth and people can buy cheaper herbs from overseas so yeah. i think that yeah that would be a really beautiful thing to make herbs more accessible mm. yep definitely yeah well you know a big part of this you know, this um, podcast as well for me is like, you know, finding people like you that really inspire me and then, you know, presenting you to, you know, letting people that might not otherwise have, have known about you or have exposure to you, um, getting to hear you, but then also together like painting the picture of the future that we want to create together because then when all the thousands of people listen to this episode, they're like, wow, yeah, they can kind of create it with us. So yeah, it's a really op potent opportunity for like manifestation, you know, um, with everyone listening. So with that in mm -hmm. mind, could you paint a bit of a picture with me of like the world you want to see? I mean, we've said bits of it. We've been kind of feel like we've been talking about it the whole time. But, you know, what else would you like to see become available in these coming years for herbal education opportunities and just herbalism in Australia in general? Mm, yeah well I think that's a beautiful question and I definitely see your Hogwarts for herbalism coming up and maybe a few others <laughs> out in the forest here and there like I'd like to have one uh, one pop up somewhere at some point I mean if you know it's, it kind of follows me wherever I go but my you know I do dream for land accessibility and I think that that's a big conversation I often have with people is also around like this desire to live in community and to be mm. um you know to to be connected and so often you know with my clients what I'm seeing and hearing it's like oh well, you're stressed you know because we're living in isolation and in separation and I think that 
um, we can feel connected by plants, but I, I do dream for a world where people are able to live communally on land um, and grow a lot of their own herbs and have that more accessible. So I'm just sort of dreaming up models with not, um, not, not, oh, it's not anytime soon, but yeah, more more community based land land living and seeing herbs as a more daily integrated practice, which I think that there's a big movement happening, and it's just growing stronger every year. But then seeing herbs pop up in boxes in the city, and then having fresh herbs available even in supermarkets, like really good quality herbs, and um, yeah, having people going turning to that more I think is a way of tr trusting that like instead of popping a Panadol being like okay I've got my fireside here um <laughs> you know I think my my greatest thing desire would be to that people feel um yeah people feel more health sovereignty and power and um ability to to feel like they've got um yeah, a way of a way of interacting with their health that feels more empowered and informed, and I think that's a, a byproduct of herbalism as well. Yeah, definitely. Great. Yeah, a picture right, yeah. of empowerment yeah. and sovereignty. That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, and thanks for having me on Twiggy. It's beautiful of you to share to share my work here and connect us all together and, and weave this web of connectedness because that's I guess I'm talking about, you know, connection on land, but connections happen everywhere and you know, just hearing someone's voice can be the spark, you know, and a spark of inspiration and just planting a tiny seed and you never know where it's going to sprout up, who's going to hear you, what's going to happen and <laughs> how it might just be that little um, little seed for someone to be like, Bam, that's it, I'm going on a holiday, <laughs> I'm going on a travelling <laughs> quest to this farm or like, I don't know, Beautiful. you know. I love what you're saying about um, herbs in the supermarkets. I actually had this experience a couple months ago. I was in Southern WA and um, and I was in a, there was this little kind of Asian grocer out the front of a Woolworths in a in the supermarket complex. And I there was this fridge and I looked in there. And there was all these herbs and there was this one bundle that I picked up and I was like, what? Lemon balm? No, it smelled like lemon balm, but not. I like pinched it like lemon balm, but not. And like when you pinch it, it's like red you know, bruises red, like there was just so much about it, but it wasn't. And I asked them what it was. It was a Vietnamese herb, kin gal. Anyway, I went on this big mission to like find the one person in Australia that could actually sell the plant and, um, and got this plant and now it's in my garden and now it's my new ally. And um, yeah, and it was like, thanks to that supermarket complex and the Woolworths, you know, this little grocer out the front of Woolworths that like brought this plant into my life that I've now found the like the cousin of lemon balm that can grow in the tropics and yeah it's my new ally that I'm, I'm exploring with so when, yeah you just reminded me of that and um yeah <laughs> so, oh yeah, well, it's happening really... it's happening yeah that's yeah great. so do you have like do you have a particular ally with you at the moment with herbal medicine or something that in particular you're working with closely at the moment a plant in your garden that's calling to you yeah it's it's interesting um definitely the 
it's funny rhubarb is kind of calling to me there's a forgotten food forest on the property I've just moved into and I've just been going in there every day I haven't that's one garden I haven't got to yet but I've been going into the food forest garden and just benefiting really there's um and I had all this rhubarb um there and I was making a crumble and then I actually ended up drinking the rhubarb tea because it's you know the the water from the boiled rhubarb because it's such a vibrant red so full of antioxidants and sour and tonifying and great digestive and I just went on this little love of rhubarb and actually some women were over harvesting for one of my courses and they're like can we take the the rhubarb leaves home um they're like we eat them it's part of our tradition I'm like they're traditionally known as poisonous and they're like no 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 we do it um so I have to ask them more about that don't go and try it now but um (laughs) so rhubarb to the listeners don't go consuming rhubarb (laughs) Yeah, but they do, they do. So I've got to ask them how they do yeah. it. So I'm, I'm really intrigued yeah, they might have about a preparation. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but don't go do it just <laughs> because I said this. Um, but yeah, that's been something that's calling to me. And the sours really, I mean, I'm butter and air, air dominated and sour can be pacifying for me, the taste. And mm. so berries and then go to cola actually is herb there's a big wild patch in the garden and I've been eating that and just feeling the antioxidant kind of like juiciness of it like that I feel like it's good for you know just boosting collagen in the skin and skin regeneration and just kind of having this bit of a summer cleanse as well with that I think that's a really beautiful herb that's been calling to me and yeah just kind of invigoration is what I'm really feeling at the moment and antioxidants and berries and sour things yeah cooling because I've got a bit of had a bit of heat in the body so yeah yeah that's that's kind of what's calling me at the moment Mm. beautiful yeah I haven't really journeyed with rhubarb I've kind of had a yeah whenever I've tried growing it it hasn't been happy with me so I you know, often don't start journeying with a plant until I can grow it or wild harvest it in a way that where the plant's like happy and saying, all right, I'm ready to work with you. <laughs> if I've got a cola, yes, most definitely everywhere. In fact, I'm doing a whole month, kind of part of my upcoming course is a whole month on got a cola. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely tastes and acts very differently down in temperate climate, I've noticed. Um, so I'd be curious to know what the like, different phytochemical profile and benefits are of it growing in different climates would be interesting to see some studies done on that yeah Um, definitely down south it feels a bit like more of a zing almost because I think the soils you know it's often growing on hard clay and not getting a lot of water you know and there's this a species that's endemic to Victoria actually um that I've seen growing out in the bush a bit and it definitely has this um yeah very strong it's definitely a lot stronger than the one in northern rivers that I was harvesting yeah mm. kind of like a bit of thicker leaf okay, interesting mm. love to see photos <laughs> so um could you share with the listeners a bit about like what's going on like you've just come to the coming to the end um of your art of herbalism course so what what can we, what, what, what's, where are things at now? Like what offerings do you have or what's coming up? You could yeah, also talk so my, about your, not just herbalism, just all of your offerings, your um, shiatsu and, you know, and anything else you feel to share. Thanks. 
Thanks, thanks. Yeah, so my the way of the Herbalist four months training is ending now, but I've got another one starting at the end of start of January next year online. And then there's a four day training in March that is open um, for people doing the four month training or just if they want to come along. Um, that'll be at my area, kind of Warrandite way. And I yeah, also practice Zen Tai Shiatsu. So my partner and I are running a level one training in Brunswick, Victoria in February for the level one Zen Tai training. Um, and that's a beautiful bodywork practice that I feel very fluid and Thai massage and shiatsu, osteopathic technique, and just a beautiful fluid dance that is just so nourishing and so yummy, a big part of my journey. Um, yeah, honestly, there's so many ways to work with me all the time, really. So just jump on my website, which is lilyoftheherbs.com and on my Instagram, send me a message. And I'm sure if it resonates with you that I'll, I'll see you soon. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. And I'll, I'll include links to all of that um, and information about that in the show notes. And also in the show notes, put a link to your website and Facebook and all of that as well for any of the listeners that just look at the show notes, you'll find that all there. Yeah, so thank you for sharing that. It's very yeah, exciting times ahead and I'm very curious about the Zentai Shiatsu. I've had only um, uh, um, uh, Sana, <laughs> I just forgot her name for a moment. But uh, yeah, our mutual friend Sana, actually I had a, uh, a session with her you know, a couple of years ago when I was actually, when I was living with her down in Yarra Valley and um yeah that's my own experience with it but it was yeah it's a really beautiful modality so yeah if I was down there in February I'd love to come and learn that with you <laughs> yeah <laughs> well if I'm ever up I'm, yeah, I'm excited to visit your garden good luck with your your move thank you uh is there anything anything you'd like to say to our listeners that maybe we haven't covered or that you're feeling to share at all um, no, I feel I feel content and grateful to have this conversation and yeah, just um open to the trusting in the mystery of where it will lead and what it will spread. Beautiful. Well, thank you for coming on here today. I'm glad that we finally made it work after take three or take four or whatever this is. <laughs> um yeah, I look forward to working with you in person sometime. Thanks, Twiggy. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Herbal Education segment of the Elder Tree podcast. Stay tuned every new moon as I interview more wise and inspiring herbal educators and herbal law keepers from around Australia. If you would like to go deeper with the podcast journey, you can become a member of the Elder Tree Trove on Patreon. Contribute as little as $2 per week to access free content from our interviewees and also access discount codes and opportunities which are exclusive to our members. You can find us on Patreon by going to www.patreon.com forward slash the elder tree. Other ways that you can assist us in getting our offerings out there to more people in Australia is by subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and on the Spotify app. Also, liking, commenting on and sharing our social media posts actually has a really positive impact and helps us to reach further with the message from all of the amazing herbal law keepers that we interview on this podcast. Thank you so much for your support and have a most wonderful day.